What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. And let me tell you, we have got the preview for you, Louisville, Cincinnati, all the fun, all the storylines, the fighting Satterfields. I don't even know what to call them these days are taking over. Maybe it's the fighting branches. We'll talk about Dion and jobs here that come a dime a dozen for former players. But more important than that, can Louisville get the first win at the Fenway Bowl for the ACC to kick off bowl season? Let's talk about it on today's show. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by Drizzy Drake from Locked on Seminoles podcast. We love it when you join us each and every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before because Bet Online is where the game starts. Drizzy Drake, happy Friday. So glad you could join us. Thank God it's Friday, Candace, because this week has been a long one, but we are finally here. I'm glad to be here just to shoot the nonsense real quick, make some money, and talk about some uh, Louisville San Sanford, because you know I'm a big fan of Mr. Scotty Too Hotty over there. <laughs> Scotty Too Hotty. So as for anyone who doesn't know, the Louisville Cardinals coming in on a 7-5 and five season. It's been a roller coaster of sorts. It definitely was a seat-is-warm situation for Coach Satterfield, who started out as a head coach, had some, you know, players we talk about Malik Cunningham and not having the season he I'm sure he wanted and it just felt like the writing was on the wall to eventually let him go he decided okay listen before you kick me out I'm gonna see what you know the room is reading and he kept it under locks entire season and is now going to be the Cincinnati Bearcats head coach who Louisville just happens to be playing in the Fenway Bowl on Saturday I mean you can't write this bet you can't make this stuff up you can't fire me, man. I quit. That's literally <laughs> what this man said. I, listen, it also, like, as much as I'm not a big fan of Scott Sheffield, I feel like he's a very overrated coach when it comes to X's and O's. He's a decent mm. recruiter. I don't think it was lost on anyone how badly Louisville fans and boosters wanted Brom to come back as a former player. He's did an immensely great job over at Purdue. So, like, we all thought he was going to get fired heading into the year. He found a way to win eight games. He found a way out. So, you know what? I don't blame the man for taking the job over there, especially at Cincinnati, where the team is a loaded roster with talent from Luke Fickle, the former head coach there, too, as well. And also with their move to the Big 12 with new Big 12 TV money, that could be good for them as well. Do you think that the Satterfield move going from Louisville to Cincinnati, which I understand they're going to eventually be in the Big 12, but as it stands, they're a group five, is a lateral move, is a move down, or is an elevated move when it's all said and done? I think it's a I think it's a move down in my personal opinion. It's not nothing to do against Cincinnati. I mean, like you said, they're going they are going to the Big Twelve, but Louisville is starting to get fully invested in their football program. Louisville mm-hmm. also has one of the top NIL kind of collectives or assistance, you know, around in the entire entire college football landscape. So to me, that is a downgrade in that part because I don't think you're gonna get the same you're gonna get the same support at Cincinnati because all Cincinnati has recently gotten good at football. Mm-hmm. Louisville has already had a story tradition with their basketball program now with that money seeping into the athletic program. And now overall with Jeff Brom coming in, that shows their full commitment to being a top tier AC football team. So to me, 
It's a slight downgrade, but the Big 12, I think, is nice. So it's going to be a good shot for him. A thousand percent. Now, we talk about Brom. We know that he will not be coaching at this current bowl game. It'll be Dion Branch and Kenny Coombs out of for Cincinnati. But my biggest question is Dion Branch. I hear that name. I hear the legend of all the things. It is like a new day and age where you know, these, I don't want to call them celebrity coaches, but guys who don't exactly have tenure in terms of being in the system or starting out as GAs and working their way up, you know, they're already getting these, you know, primetime roles and experiences. And, you know, we started, saw that with Jeff Saturday a little bit, but I think it's insane. Saw seeing that with Drew Brees and Matt Perdue and Ed Reed at Miami. I'm just wanting to know, like, how do you feel about all these coaching hires, quote, and I use them in quotes, coaching hires in recent recent news excuse me well with the ed reed thing i will say he mainly does recruiting off the field so i think he's a, he's a great, great ambassador to the program i love ed reed so i will, I, will never hear slander from me from saying well, i love that dude, that dude i think is the dre blige i think dre blige should be ed reed in my opinion i think I'll he needs you. to take off the headphones take <laughs> off the play calling i think he should be ed reed but continue so sorry uh, but uh no 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 it's okay it's okay but I'll, and i gotta I got defend my boy um but overall <laughs> to me it is interesting the jeff saturday one that was just I'm not going to go too deep into that, but that just made no damn sense to me at the time. I know he beat the Raiders, but I could beat the Raiders if I was coordinating the <laughs> team for an entire day. Let's be real here. But then you look at Drew Brees. I asked you a thing before the show, like, is he the assistant coach or he's the assistant to the head coach, kind of like Dwight Schrute? And mm-hmm. it feels like he's going to be a lot more in, uh, what was it, uh, Coach Walter's ears? Coach Walter's ears, the new head mm-hmm. coach over at Purdue. And then you have Dion Branch, who I did not know went to Louisville. I also did not know that uh, he actually was coaching at all. So I thought that was kind of out of left field. So it is, it is strange. It is weird to see how these former players are getting these opportunities. But you do see former players that go to smaller stops where it was a little bit different work, like Cooper 5, where you saw Dion, where his first big college job was actually over at Jackson State. But yeah, it is. I don't know if it's odd. I don't know if it's weird. But it just, and to me, it kind of, for, for in, in an interim capacity or like in a, a, a uh, supplemental role, it makes sense. But if you're giving these head coaching jobs, two former players without any experience it's it's interesting i think to say the least i think it just like it really waters down and i think when i'm thinking about my coach who used to coach for the steelers what is his name i see his daughter went to high school with pittsburgh steelers you know who i'm talking oh, about cower and he sat there on his you know soapbox and talked about how it is pretty much you know decimating the coaching system and the guys who have put in all the work in years that i completely agreed with him and mm-hmm. i also think like if we look in the age of you know our former president i don't even want to call him that a per- person who sat in office for four years it just feels like there's this new era of being bold about like oh you don't have to be qualified for a position just have at it see what see what you could do it might make fun for everyone but for the guys that actually put in work to be in these positions positions and you know what guys who have to play under them it makes for a little bit of madness and i'm over it but not to say that has to do with satterfield but just saying in general for the great situation no i mean i feel that and definitely you see these career gas or these career position coaches that you know been are 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 getting pissed off yeah and it's a lot of them is basically you're getting skipped over the line i can tell you right now if if i'm on my firm for several years i have a new associate coming in and gets paid more than me i'll be like hello i'm not okay with that not okay with that because then you, your boys gonna be looking for some new employment where I will be loved and appreciated and actually have a track for you know career tra- trajectory. So to me, that's as a very very fair point because you you do see a lot of these career position coaches never go beyond like a defensive line coach or def- or even maybe the highest they get will be probably be interim coordinator for the bowl game where they bring in the new head coach like hey 
you're not that guy, pal, but you're going to be this guy for the rest of us here for the rest of time. So a thousand percent. And listen, at the end of the day, this is just all to say, apply for that job, friends. Whatever you think you need to do, go ahead and apply for that job. You absolutely are overqualified for the position and just shoot your shot at the end of the day. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and world cup shout out to france and argentina doing the damn thing at betterline.net if you love sports podcasts they have that too head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more because betterline is where the game starts and speaking of betterline we're talking about this game that we're getting into louisville and cincinnati are set to face off we got our betting man here, Drake, Jersey Drake of Locked On Seminoles podcast. Louisville coming up as a, a two-point favorite. <laughs> okay, yep. Yep. I guess. Yep. Without Malik Cunningham. Without Malik Cunningham. <laughs> without Malik Cunningham, without Keetro Clark. Like, okay. And at this point, you know, we could talk about bowl season. It's just so funny to me how, in theory, you would like to give these people – favorites or how the spreads are laid out based on who you've seen all season but nine times out of ten you ain't seen seen half of these jokers so you're just like yeah anything could happen yeah i don't know why this line's at two um we already saw like a louisville team that was kind of very erratic when it came to the head coach that scott Chaffer was in there and now that he's removed but also that malik cunningham is removed I mean, Brock Doman had that one very good game, but then for the rest of the season, he he only completed about, I think, per game, 13 of his passes mm-hmm. for a little below 160 yards. That's not good. And that's not <laughs> going to be good against a, a Cincinnati defense. It actually has a very strong quality defense. All they need is the right QB in the system. And Scott Satterfield, for, he, he actually can recruit decent quarterbacks. So to me, it, this is one of the more puzzling games I think I've seen overall. I've, I took Cincinnati at open. I think they were like a minus a half point. It was like a pick them. They were a favored. Now they're underdogs at plus two. <laughs> Folks, don't think too hard about this. I know we have the ACC homerism. I know we want to see the conference do well in bowl season. But when it comes to a game like this, it just, you have to, the fact that I have to make so many excuses or try to think of ways <laughs> that Louisville is going to win this game or even cover this game, to me, that just leads me to believe that Cincinnati is a better team here at the right side here. Listen, Cincinnati has a nine and three record on the year. They are they came up short in terms of being the AAC title champions, but I think overall Cincinnati just feels like a more put together program. Like, yes, your coach left, but they don't have all the drama really behind it. And people, I mean, I was kind of shocked when Luke Fickle hired going to Wisconsin, but I think I was more shocked that Phil Longo is joining him. That's a whole nother conversation. Ooh, However, yeah, that, was, that, was, that was that was funny. That was funny as hell. Why do you think that's funny? Aside, we can have a little sidebar. Why do you think that's funny? I'm it's sad. weird. It's just weird, man. It's just it's, it's you have in not like one of the top freshman quarterbacks in the yeah. country. So I was say, you have one of the top scratch freshmen out quarterbacks in the country, yeah. and you go to Wisconsin where you don't where Graham Mertz <laughs> is leaving. Graham Mertz is the QB that was there, the QB that was promised. He wasn't that great. So now he's gone for Green Pastures. What exactly are you going to have here? I know Phil Longo is a great schemer and everything else, but you had it right there, at UNC. You also had the potential of probably replace Mac Brown in the very near distant future if you wanted to be the head coach there. So why would you leave? It's funny you bring that name up. How did we get here? Whatever. It's Friday. Shall we freestyle? I truly believe it is very telling that your defensive coordinator leaves in one year and your offensive coordinator leaves in the very next year. Like, I'm not saying we need to start looking at the top, but Bubba, you might need to start having some hard conversations. That's all I'm saying. I mean, Mac Brown, if you pull a picture of him up, he, he the boy looks, like looks he, stressed. <laughs> The boy, one, looks stressed. Two, it looks like a very, like, when he's smiling, like, oh, you're a nice guy. I want to hang out with you. Like, you know, give me, you know, like, 
I hang out with my grandparents kind of vibe. Yeah. But then when you see him angry, that man Loki is probably not a nightmare to work for, but he definitely is one of those like more coaches that expects a, a lot out of their staff, whether it be when they're on the field and also off the field as well. I know Mario Cristobal is the same way when it comes to his staff down in Miami, also formerly Oregon, also FIU. He expects a lot from his staff. So Mac Brown might be the same thing. And also me, Phil Longo, hey, I'll go hang out with Luke Fickle. That's someone who I wanted to coach with before. A little less stressful in Wisconsin, even though, in my personal opinion, the Big Ten is a little more of a bigger challenge when it comes to basically competing with a Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan in your own division. So to me, it's it's interesting, to say the least. A hundred percent. I think all the fluff of like, oh, I came back around to really make it enjoyable for the kids and make it kumbaya. I'm like, Joker, you know full full well. I almost cussed. You know full well. You still have that Texas mentality of trying to chase that of old, and you really want to be of like a championship caliber team. You ain't got to fool me, Clyde. You just not. I'm, it's okay, and I'm all good to go. But I say all that to say, under my you know, little tangent that I went on. Louisville and Cincinnati are facing off. If you had to pick it, who would you have it boiled down to? Before I want to switch gears to basketball, because I have you here today. No, that's fair. Cincinnati, but Cincinnati, just not even close. I mean, with Mill- Cincinnati. Millie Cunningham, yes, yeah, Cincinnati. Millie Cunningham's out. You know my my opinions and feelings on Millie Cunningham being a very yeah. very top two QB. So, and Brock Doman hasn't shown enough for me to kind of be show that he'd be able to uh, tread water while he's gone so this is true this is true all right well if you guys are betting in the bowl game action we'll definitely have another preview as we really kick off next week beyond just the Fenway Bowl we got several ACC teams here playing so that'll be a fun time so make sure you guys follow that before we get Jersey Drake out of here we have them so you might as well talk about Saturday's games matchups I know it's gonna pain you that we have to talk about the fact that Miami is one of the best teams here in the ACC actually they are the best but we want you to go ahead, pull, pull up the scores, run it back as I get into this next read, and we'll talk a little bit, bit about game action heading into the weekend. You're hanging out with some friends and putting a few drinks back. A few becomes a few too many as the evening comes to an end. You start to head out thinking that you can call for a ride. What are the odds that you'll get pulled over? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Everyone knows about the risk of drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't help everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. We're finishing up the show here with Drizzy Drake of Locked On Seminoles podcast. And betting action is all in full effect for these Saturday matchups for men's basketball. And Miami, number 25. I know know it's like, can we do this here? I think Miami might be the team, the dark horse team here to pull out an ACC victory. They're facing off against St. Francis PA, going to get the dub, but how painful is it for you to have to Not really recognize? No? And I, no. I, I ask that because Florida State is having such a terrible season basketball-wise. Well, that's not – well, we're, no, we're having – I can't swear either here, but, yeah, it's, 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 yeah I, I was looking at my body like, no, nah, I don't want I don't want to make you edit right now. But, yeah, it's a pretty – it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty poor year by Coach Hamilton standards. <laughs> I would say the same thing. But, I yeah. mean, like, look, look, Miami I knew heading into the year was one of the better teams. Miami actually was a team that we talked about a lot on last year's show, how we felt they could make some noise in the tournament. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert, we're good at our job, so they actually freaking did. Uh, but, but with the Miami team being good, that's – it's good for the conference overall. Yeah. And also, like, like I like Jim Laranaga. I like the Isaiah Wong too. I like some of their. I like their players. So it's like to yeah. me, I'm not as hated on them right now. So, but mm-hmm. it does pain me because FSU is struggling. But it does, but Miami being well is good for the conference too as well. 
No doubt. Rutgers will face off against Wake Forest at noon on the uh, Big Ten Network. I think that Wake Forest coming off that big win against App State, they got to keep it going. Got to keep beating brand name teams in order to make a case for themselves when it comes to ACC tournament time. Not ACC tournament time, NCAA tournament time. No, I mean, I completely agree. You have over Tyree Appleby, Cameron Heldreth, too, as well. Rutgers, that's a team that it's Overall, I use Bart, like I was saying before, I say in every show, I use Bart Torvik a lot where it comes to betting and assisting me out. Bart, Rutgers has them right now as the 32nd team in the country. Wake Forest is 74. So there's actually probably one more sneakier, bigger games right now for them to win. And right now, well, I'm sorry, my voice is actually going out. Right now, I have it right now that Rutgers is going to be winning this game by eight points. So mm-hmm. to me, I'll still take Wake Forest in this guy. I think Wake Forest is probably the better coach team. Pitt will face off against North Florida. Pitt is a team that sneakily, you know, having a decent season, seven and four so far. It has been a whirlwind for Coach Capel and company, but things are feel like they're tracking a little bit better than usual. You there? Yeah, bye. Can you hear me? Now I can hear you. Sorry. <laughs> so- yeah, yeah. Yes, no, sorry, sorry, sorry about that. Sorry. Uh, no, when I mean, North Florida, I mean, this isn't the basically the U and the Ospreys that you know you, you kind of used to seeing overall. Oh, sorry, that's FGCU. They always, I get confused with UNF and FGCU. FGCU was Dunk City back when I was in college. Too, but yeah, too many Florida schools for you. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's too many days. There's, there's, you got UNF, FAU, FIU. You got the, you know, the directional school down here. Now nah, it's all good. <laughs> Stetson and everything. Now nah, we're just chilling. No, Pittsburgh, though, Pittsburgh should be handling this easily. I mean, Blake Henson's been really well. So is Jamarius Burden. So those are two players that, you know, you want to watch for if you don't watch a lot of Pittsburgh basketball. So to me, Pittsburgh for the win is by a billion. The biggest game of the weekend will be number five, Houston, taking on number two, Virginia on ESPN 2 at 2 o'clock. At 8 and 2, Virginia Cavaliers face off against a 10 and 1 Houston Cougars. And I'm thinking to myself, Virginia, this is a show improved game. Let's do it for the sake of the conference. Yeah, I'm about to say that because this is a Houston team that only has one loss in the entire season. Their loss being to Alabama, but also Alabama is no slots. A lot of people like kind of have them. What are you shaking your head for? Don't get me started on Alabama. I have, we went to four overtimes for Alabama. I don't want to hear it. Right. <laughs> They're a good team. Pissed, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, some people think they're the best team in the country. I mean, Ooh, we'll see. I don't know about all that. Ooh, look at my Twitter. My timeline has been flooded with Alabama Crimson Tide people. But overall, like to me, this is a team that Virginia – it's they've, it's they've, they've rebounded from a very poor lackluster season from last year. They're undefeated. Houston, to me, though, it's that team that is going to be scared to deal with. Right now, Houston should be, I think, favored by five or six points. I would like to actually take Virginia to cover in this game. I think the line right now, if I can pull it up real quick, is overall is going to be around four and a half, five points. Mm-hmm. So honestly, take Virginia to cover because I think Virginia will be the first or will be another big test for Houston. You saw them Alabama that kind of struggled overall shooting. So to me, give me Virginia to cover. Okay, that sounds good. A game we won't spend too much time on because in theory, they're supposed to win. Louisville will take on FAMU at 2 p.m. on ACC Network Extra. And I really want to feel like this is a gimme. This is a layup. This is an alley-oop dunk. But, you know, this Louisville team stressful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> listen, as someone, okay, I, I can't talk that much because my Florida State team has not performed very well. But that being said, we did beat Louisville by, what was it, 22 points? So, and they, I mean, they did get their first win against Western Kentucky. That was, that's, a, that's a good win. Hey, listen, the first one's always the hardest. So now, hey, listen, Louisville <laughs> went off 10 games in a row. You can be right back in this thing really quickly. Just I mean, like FAMU, that. And you're 14-point favorites to FAM. Come on. Can lose to FAM. 
Please don't lose to Bama. Please, please, God. Alabama State will take on Georgia Tech, another dub that I feel like is going to be a gimme for the Yellow Jackets. They're having a shaky season, but in Passner, I trust. I don't feel like I should be too worried about those, those guys. St. John's and Florida State in the Orange Bowl Classic. How are you feeling about the Seminoles in this one? I like St. John's. <laughs> I like St. John's here a lot more. I think St. John's right now is favored by, I think, four, four maybe five points. Actually, no, six points. Sorry about that. My Bartorvid numbers have them winning by eight. Um, this is also a Florida State team that is extremely hurt, extremely decimated. They can't do a lot of the rotational pieces as well. And like you said before, we don't have a lot of big men out there. And mm-hmm. St. John's is where we're one of the better teams out there. And to me, them at 10-1, they are sneakily going to probably be being by 10 points by half, if we're being completely honest. Here. I, <laughs> I hate to say that I'd now. Like you to be real. I appreciate I know, you. No, I, 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 I listen, man. We're I'm here to make y'all money. I'm not here to be a homer. That's what betting is for. Because if I if Candace lets me on here because I don't lie. And I'm yes. truthful about it. And also, I'm the same person that called FSU a new blood two seasons ago. <laughs> How the mighty have fallen. But hey, if anyone can turn it around, it's Coach Ham. So Coach Ham, please, you beautiful, beautiful person, please turn this around. In Ham, we trust. North Carolina will face off against Ohio State in the CBS Sports Classic. And my, oh, my. To me, this is going to be the biggest test for North Carolina if that slump was really legit or they they bounce back and we're on the right track to getting uh, progressive because seven and four is just not indicative of who I feel like this team is, but they're facing off against a good seven and two Ohio State team, which top 25 as well. That's top 25. And also you look at it overall. I mean, the four game stretch you guys lost, you lost to Iowa State, you lost to Alabama, who, spoiler alert, just from saying earlier, some people think are a top five, even number one team in the country. You lost them in four overtimes. And that game definitely drained y'all for Indiana. And also probably for the Virginia Tech game as well. But you bounce back with a good wing against Georgia Tech. Very well-coached team in Josh Passner. And then Citadel, you beat them by 33-plus points. Yeah. Now, Ohio, right now this game is projected as a point one point one point win for Ohio State. Uh, to me, I think it's basically where the team gets back on the right track. I think UNC should win this game outright. And should be able, so obviously should be able to cover. Cornell and Syracuse. Syracuse, a team that I argued on this week's show that they are the sleeper of the ACC. Quiet as it's kept, I think Jesse Edwards is having a really good season. And, you know, at the end of the day, you can never count out Syracuse, unfortunately, because they always find a way to win, especially at the right times. I'm about to say, like, that's the one team that you always have. The lower <laughs> expectations they have, the better they perform. I mean, we've always seen it, like, in tournament time, too, where, like, you expect them to basically, like, oh, you know, they're, like, an eight seed or, like, a 16. And then next thing you know, oh, they're in the Elite Eight vying for a Final Four spot. So, overall, it's yeah. a team that you can never count them out. I mean, Joe Girard is still somehow there. I was actually surprised <laughs> to hear see the name. I actually pull up on my sheet. But, yeah, this is a team with Syracuse that they should be able to handle Cornell easily, even though Cornell's yeah. one of the better teams in the Ivy League. 100%. Grambling will take on Virginia Tech, which this Virginia Tech team has obviously been on the right path currently at 10-1. and 1. I think this will be a gimme for them. It's the Richmond-Clemson game that, you know, quiet as a scat, Richmond is not a scrub team. Clemson is figuring itself out still, but I think that one is going to be, a, you know, popcorn-ready come-down-to-the-wire matchup. So, I hate Clemson more than Miami, so this is actually where my bias does come out a little bit more. And Richmond... I know the show's record right now is five and five. Yeah. Overall, when their individual player splits are actually pretty damn well. And like Clemson is a team that is they're also kind of hit and miss overall. I know they're eight and three, but sneakily, I think they could easily be six and five, in my personal opinion. But so I'm gonna go and ride with Candace here. I think folks, if you see the money line right now, take Richmond to win this game outright. 
A thousand percent. Final, the Legends of Basketball showcase the two teams that are sometimes forgotten about in their respective conferences lately in recent years when it comes to who's Vanderbilt and NC State. On CBS Sports Network, they will face off against each other. But I will say a 9-3 NC State team has looked better than in past seasons. And a 5-5 five and five Vanderbilt team is you can't really tell who they are based on that record. I think they better they are better than that record shows. And also, I mean, the losses for NC State right now are to a Kansas team. The Kansas defending champions are always good every single year. You lose to a Pittsburgh team we were just talking about. And also Miami team that you were just praising is probably could be the best team in the ACC overall yeah. or the most consistent team overall. So to me, this is an NC State team that Vanderbilt is saying is 5-5. Five and five. We don't know what they are yet, but I'm also the belief you never really know how a basketball team is going to perform for the rest of the year or what they really are until middle of January, early February. But I think we know that this, that this NC State team actually is pretty damn good, especially heading into conference play because they play Vanderbilt and they got Louisville, Clemson, and Duke at home up next. Yeah, a thousand percent agree. All right, we are out of time, but it is always a pleasure to have Jersey Drake here on the show. Can you remind these folks of where they can find you, follow your work? Folks, you can follow me at tally underscore underscore Drake. You can follow my co-host at David Wise. His name is at FSU Knowles. So the O is a zero, the S is a five because... I don't know. He's born like from the 1600s or something for World War One, like Twitter account. Uh, you can follow the podcast at Knowles Anonymous, where it's basically where games with our fans and also get messages and themes for our latest episodes. And as always, we're fans first, people second, and content creators third. And thanks, yes. fans, for another great, great Friday. Because trust me, after this week, I need this. <laughs> a thousand percent. Guys, we will probably not have an episode next week just because it's the holiday season. It's you know Christmas Eve and we want you to get your shopping in if you celebrate Christmas or if you just want some time off, use that PTO because you can't carry it over to January. So you might as well get yourself together. You I tried. You can't do it. <laughs> so we want you guys to have a happy holiday season. We'll be back next week to recap some of these games and all the fun things. But towards the end of the week, we'll take a little break, give ourselves a little time to celebrate with friends and family for Candace Cooper and Jersey Drake until next